Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Think Now Research Podcast. This is our monthly podcast in which we go over our most recent report. Think Now Research is a culturally integrated market research agency. We integrate Hispanic, African American, and Asian insights into custom market research for companies and government agencies looking to thrive in a changing demographic environment. You can find us on the web at thinknowresearch.com and on Twitter at thinknowtweets. My name is Mario Carrasco. I'm the co-founder and principal of Think Now. I'm here today with the Senior Director of Hispanic Initiatives at ESPN, Hugo Balta. Hugo, you have an impressive resume. You've been doing great work at ESPN and other organizations. Would love to hear more about your position at ESPN and what you're doing kind of more broadly. Great. First of all, thank you very much, Mario, for inviting me. Really happy to be here and, and talk about the uh the new the the new study. Um, well, as you said, I'm the senior director of Hispanic Initiatives. It's it is a very much a startup uh, position within ESPN. Um, it's been a position that I've been in for the last four years, and it's taking uh, a little bit of an evolution uh, from working on focusing on multiculturals to a greater emphasis on U.S. Hispanics, given their importance. Uh, in all facets in regards to um, the United States. Uh, my, my work is really to get on a balcony and really identify intersections uh, where sports and culture um, meet and then look at different teams and uh, providing them a structure to work together to discuss, sometimes debate, about producing stories not so much about how we cover sports say the x's and o's of a particular sports but really how the sport the team the players how they they affect the community around them and how the community uh, interacts with each other uh, through sports so an example of that type of collaboration uh, that i like to always point out is last year's baseball experience initiative around major league baseball that was a year-long season-long initiative where again different teams uh, at espn and espn deportes different platforms different networks in english and spanish collaborated in uh, conceptualizing and producing stories uh, focused on the more than 30 percent latino players in major league baseball and it culminated with the first ever uh, bilingual edition of ESPN the magazine where you had 25 original stories in English and 25 original stories in Spanish in one edition. This wasn't uh, the 25 stories in English that were translated to Spanish, but really original stories. So really understanding the nuances of the nearly 60 million U.S. Hispanics where you have Spanish dominant, of course, you have English dominant, and then you have this middle ground of bilinguals that are not only uh, bilingual in regards to language, but also bicultural. Um, so that's the gist of the work that I, that I lead and facilitate at ESPN. That's great. I mean, we're really excited to have you. I, I don't think there's anyone better to speak on the report, as you mentioned, the intersection of culture, language, 
we're hitting on all these things on the report. So thanks again um, for joining us. So and, and for those of you tuning in this month, we'll be going over our Think Now soccer report. This is our national consumer study of soccer fans, which reveals how Hispanics engage with soccer on social media, how they plan to follow and cultivate uh, the World Cup experience. If you want to follow along in the report, feel free to pause the podcast now. Head over to thinknowresearch.com. You can download and follow along. Um, if not, we will do our best to describe the data here. Um, for those of you following along, we're going to jump right into the data um, to slide nine. And so here, I think this is a pretty, uh, pretty self-explanatory, but I do want to dig into it a little bit. You know, as, as, as what we found overall, a significantly larger proportion of Hispanics and non-Hispanics consider themselves soccer fans. Um, so we t took a look at a representative sample of 500 Hispanics, uh, 350 non-Hispanic whites, and we see that um, in terms of top two box, I'm an avid soccer fan and I'm a soccer fan. 53% of Hispanics or Latinos consider themselves avid or soccer fans versus only 35% of non-Hispanic whites. I mean, Hugo, from your work, from your perspective, is this kind of in line with what you see um, at your experience at ESPN? Absolutely. You know, I think when you talk about language specifically in regards to fandom, and uh, as ThinkNow um, has found that the largest portion of fans are Spanish dominant, it's, it's, it's in line uh, and not surprising with uh, the, the data around um, U.S. Hispanics in the United States. So when you talk about sports um, outside of the United States and specifically focus on Latin America, football is king, right? Soccer uh, is king. So to, when you talk about of that 60, nearly 60 million U.S. Hispanics, 41 million of them are Spanish dominant, and predominantly they're foreign born. They're uh, first generation immigrants from Latin America. So um, they're, you know, bringing with them uh, the, the part of what's familiar, and there's nothing more familiar uh, in Latin America when it comes to sports than football. Agreed. Yeah. And, and digging into the numbers for those of you who haven't downloaded the report, Hugo is referring to uh, when we break out the Hispanic fandom by language, Spanish dominant, we see 71% self-identified soccer fans. Um, when we move to the bilingual cohort, 55%. So still big number. And then the, the we see the biggest decrease among English dominant, 33% um, consider themselves soccer fans. And this is actually more in line with the 35% of non-Hispanics, non so English dominant more in line with non-Hispanics. However, this doesn't mean that it's decreasing over time. I know that there's been a lot of talk, and this isn't something that we addressed in the report, but I'm just curious, anecdotally, your opinion, Hugo. I mean, do you see soccer growing in general, interest in soccer growing in general in the U.S.? This may be a bad year to talk about it, considering the U.S. didn't make the World Cup, but um, in general, do you see among Hispanics, non-Hispanics, an increase in kind of in, in MLS or international soccer in general, or um, are, are we not there yet? Because I know that that question comes up almost every time with the World Cup. Sure. No, look, I think um, the quick answer is yes, right? Uh, uh, 
soccer or international football is the the sport of the planet, right? Uh, everywhere other than the United States, it is the, the world's sport. Now, I think, you know, the first thing is it's really a simple sport to play, and if you just take a look at the number of young people uh, as, as young as, you know, preschooler, I mean, you know, preschoolers, grammar schoolers to elite athletes on the collegiate level, that number continues to increase over time. But as you mentioned, uh, the investment of the sport at the professional level uh, continues and, and it, it needs to continue to be nurtured. So we're, we're like, I think, maybe two years away from uh, Major League Soccer's 25th anniversary, and uh, MLS has done a really great job of continuing to champion the sport. Um, they they are continuing ex- expanding teams. Most recently, with the LAFC, um, they're looking to recruit quality players. And you know, we've seen uh, speaking about Latam, you know, we've seen the the acquisition of Ezequiel Barco. Uh, uh, from Argentina, uh, Carlos Vela from from Mexico, uh, uh, Uruguayan uh, uh, Diego Rossi. So again, looking to build uh, the, quali- the the quality of soccer at MLS and kind of get through the stigma of being the quote unquote retirement league, but really now moving into uh, the league of choice in regards to uh, not only existing quality players, but also up-and-comers, right? And I think um, just this month, the the announcement of the collaboration between MLS and Liga MX, which is key, it's key to the continuing growth of the popularity of the sport in the United States, but also specifically with U.S. Hispanics, understanding that uh, uh, the majority of the nearly 60 million U.S. Hispanics are either Mexican or Mexican-American. So the announcement of the uh, of that partnership with Liga MX that will uh, uh, produce a, a, a championship, a Campeones Cup, that is that is key. Uh, and then the last thing that you mentioned, of course, is uh, U, U.S. soccer, the U.S. national team not making the World Cup uh, this year is a huge, you know, punch in the gut for the sport. Um, that needs to continue to evolve and, and certainly uh, continuing to invest in uh, Major League Soccer, but also at the collegiate level uh, to really identify players early on and develop them uh, will help um, Team USA improve uh, in the world stage. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for those insights. And I think another thing that's really driving kind of engagement with soccer is um, you know, the internet, right? Being able to uh, engage, maybe you don't have access to watch it on television, but you can check the scores online. You can check it on your on your mobile phone. Um, so moving on to slide 10 for those following along, we took a look at multiple activities. So watch a soccer game on TV, watch soccer game highlights online, checking soccer game scores online. Uh, we even looked at offline activities, talked about a soccer match offline. So, you know, just talking with a friend, colleague, family member, uh, reading soccer content, articles about players, teams, etc. And radio, listen to a soccer game, um, audio only. We see Hispanics significantly more engaged with soccer than non-Hispanics across all of these activities, including talking about it offline. 
Um, and, and one thing to particularly point out, we see online activities much more common among Hispanics than non-Hispanics. Um, what, are, what are your thoughts on this, Hugo? I mean, you, you, you mentioned some of the potential things driving it, being enga- more engaged with international teams. Um, you know, what, what, what's your takeaway in terms of maybe from a cultural perspective, what's driving Hispanics to be more engaged overall and specifically more online with, with soccer and soccer-related activities? Sure. Like U.S. Hispanics uh, engage more online, period. You know, uh, for the number one platform for U.S. Hispanics and millennials, uh, multicultural uh, millennials, is the digital platform. For news, information, and entertainment, that is their platform of choice. I have a 15-year-old daughter and I have a 12-year-old son, and both of them have TV sets in their room that I don't think they've used in the last year. Now, they're, they're consuming content, and a lot of the content that they're consuming is offered uh, on television. They're just going through their mobile devices. So um, think, think Now study is very uh, in line with other studies that show that th- this younger generation um, is consuming content and con- content that is readily available on TV, but because of technology and because uh, uh, the mobile devices are very personal. I, I carry it with me. This is my space. Their uh, point of entry is online. So um, I think the the fact that this generation feels much more comfortable, uh, regardless of the size of the screen. You know, if you talk to if you talk to a vehicular like myself, 48 years old. Hey, I, I'm going to sit down a, a, any chance I get in front of a 60-inch flat-screen TV. But for younger generations, it's just as good, if not better, to have it right in front of them in their smartphones. So I think the, the, this study is, is, not, is concurrent. It speaks, of course, about soccer, but it's concurrent in how young people interact with media and their entry being mobile. I completely agree, and and that's uh, that's funny because I'm I'm the same way with the the sixty inch TV. I I prefer <laughs> I prefer the TV, but um, you know it, it, it's interesting how you know mobile driving driving a lot of this this interacting with content, um, and then we see interestingly um, Spanish dominant as well, um, being more online, more uh, mobile friendly, in which. Again, like you mentioned, it's it's in line with other data. Specifically, I think Pew just released something something about um, social media usage and showed Spanish dominant much more likely. Um, and interestingly, for us in the multicultural space, we know this, but there still is that stigma that Spanish dominant Hispanics aren't necessarily uh, online or using mobile. But this this study really throws that that notion on its head. I mean, they're actually more mobile, more online. Um, from a Spanish dominant perspective, what um, do you see that as well? I know ESPN has some Spanish language properties. Do you see high, high engagement in these Spanish language properties on on mobile and and online? Absolutely, and I, I think the 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 use of uh, of the ESPN app that is offered, of course, in English, and there is a Spanish language. Uh, uh, toggle uh, version for ESPN Deportes is testament to that in regards to the amount of 
of uh, users that download the app in order to get their news and information uh, and entertainment focus on sports. Uh, and even outside of the United States, when you look at Mexico and you look at Latin America, the, uh, there's a high and continuing uh, growth in regards to uh, mobile uh, mobile phones and smartphones being used to access uh, the internet uh, and to again uh, access information, etc. So I think the 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 thought of um, uh, U.S. Hispanics not being uh, or, or or being being leaning more towards uh, uh, legacy media like television, uh, radio, even newspapers. I think it's it's almost like an urban legend, right? Because when you start to peel the onion and really look at the numbers and again understanding that U.S. Hispanics are are largely uh, young, um, it is through their their mobile devices that they are uh, interacting and, and acquiring. Uh, uh, media, whether it be news, information, and entertainment. So I think that's really, you know, um, more and more, uh, I wouldn't say it's a stereotype, but I think it's a misconception. And studies like uh, the one that Think Now conducts helps to dispel some of those, um, some of those, you know, beliefs that, um, you know, that, that are really, their origins are a bit antiquated. I, I agree. And, and thank you for that. Um, and this is a great segue, actually, into the next slide, slide 11, where we talk about um, language and how Hispanics, this is Spanish-dominant, bilingual, English-dominant um, Hispanics, how they're actually consuming the content, whether Spanish and English, Spanish or English. Um, take myself, for example, I'm English-dominant. Most of my media I consume in English, but when it comes to World Cup, soccer, probably linked to me growing up watching soccer in Spanish. There's something about watching a game in, in Spanish, um, even though most of the time I consume my sports in, in English. Um, and we see this bear out a little bit here in the study. We see, um, you know, among Hispanics, the vast majorities are, are toggling between English and Spanish when engaging in, in soccer-related um, activities. And then looking more specifically, Spanish is more popular when watching or listening to 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 games. Um, I mean, what what's your thought on this, Hugo? I think you touched a little bit on, you know, some of these partnerships like uh, Liga MX. I mean, um, you know, what is it about soccer, uh, you know, among U.S. Hispanics that maybe leads them to listen to in Spanish? Some maybe a bilingual Hispanic that, for the most part, consumes English media. What is it about soccer that makes it want to explore content in Spanish? Yeah, this slide really speaks to me too. You know, I I, I am that bilingual, bicultural, U.S.-born Hispanic. You know, I I grew up watching uh, NFL, the NFL, MLB, NBA in English, um, but I also grew up watching football with my father and mi abuelito in español and. Um, even now, uh, so it's, so it's a preference, right? This is how I grew up consuming that sport. And I, I, I grew up consuming that sport in Spanish, but it's also a bridge. So we are, you know, now when, when you, when you speak to, uh, uh, third, fourth generation, even second generation, like myself, we're in the midst of a reacculturation where, uh, studies, uh, uh, including the Pew research show that, um, 
more and more U.S. Hispanics see the importance of their children and future generations learning Spanish. So what happens is, like other immigrant groups, um, first-generation Latinos, um, who some suffer through some prejudice because of a lack of language skills, uh, being new to the country, etc., what they do or what they did was say, well, you, my child, are, are U.S. born, you're an American, you're going to have an American name, you're not, you're going to speak English proficiently, uh, you're not going to have, you're going to have greater opportunities than, than, than I have at the moment. What, ha what, you know, fast forward, at least in, in my uh, experience, you know, experience uh, 20, 25 years uh, later, where the country is, you know, 20 years away from uh, becoming a minority majority, um, speaking Spanish in the United States eh, no es un lujo, es una necesidad. In order to conduct business, uh, and you could walk from New York City to Los Angeles, and you will be hard-pressed not to uh, come across an ATM machine or go into the bank or go into a mall and not have uh, services uh, or retail speak to you in both English and Spanish. So in order to conduct business, um, it is essential to have both. So we, back to, to the study, it is a bridge, right? Speaking Spanish is a connection to my roots. It is how I interacted with my grandfather, how I interact with my father when we're talking about the upcoming World Cup and Peru reaching the World Cup after 35 years. So it is very much a bridge with, with our past, but it's also very much part of our present. And I love the fact that Univision coined the phrase the 200%. 100% American and 100% Latino. And so now we are in an age where we don't have to assimilate like other immigrant groups before us. We can actually say, no, 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 no. We, we feel very much 100% of the American experience, and we love this part of the American culture, but we are also very in tune to our roots, and we want to bring with us this part of our culture, and that's what makes us 200%. The truth of the fact is the United States is a bilingual country. It is a Spanish-speaking country. There are 41 million Spanish-speaking people in the United States, the second largest nation on the planet only to Mexico. So understanding that dynamic, it's not language proficiency certainly important, but it's also cultural proficiency. Regardless of people of U.S. Hispanics, either being able to read, write in Spanish 100% or just learning a couple of words because they picked it up because hablando con la abuelita or viendo las novelas con, con, con la abuelita y con la mamá, that is still part of how we self-identify and it's still our part of how we interact. I, I love the way you phrased about, you know, that something I think a lot about. It's like, what is different about the Hispanic experience in terms of acculturation? And I, I, you made a really good point that unlike other immigrant communities, that we don't have to assimilate. I think that's a really, that's a great point. Um, and, and believe it or not, we're time's up for the podcast, but I, I want I want to ask you, Hugo, we, we've been getting a lot of downloads on this, I think mainly driven by marketers, 
realizing they have a unique opportunity to maybe for the first time do some marketing among U.S. Hispanic community and, and engage on the excitement of the World Cup and how engaged Hispanics are going to be. I mean, any key takeaways for marketers, um, maybe marketers that aren't familiar with U.S. Hispanic or multicultural marketing, you know, some do's, some don'ts, just general knowledge or marketers to take away as they're trying to, you know, potentially market to the U.S. Hispanic community for the first time through this 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 great event, the World Cup? Look, I think the the best advice that I could give, and, and I, I'm certainly not new in saying this, but I think it merits the continuing beating of the drum. There's no turnkey strategy in reaching U.S. Hispanics. Um, I mentioned previously that it's important important to have cultural proficiency and not so much language proficiency. The same thing goes to marketers. They need to be. They need to understand the nuances of this community. And for example, understanding that a Latino in the United States on the West Coast is very different than a Latino on the East Coast. And it's not just about country of origin, but it's also about uh, customs, language proficiency, um, even just interests. So in order to reach U.S. Hispanics, it's not a one language fits all. It's not a one country fits all, although I understand and support some strategies that are very focused on Mexican and Mexican Americans. But of course, again, you got to tweak that a little bit when you're east of Chicago. So it's very important to understand those nuances and including that U.S. Hispanics make up the majority of millennials. And in regards to millennials, which are largely multicultural, the how to reach a millennial is exactly the same way to reach a U.S. Hispanic because they share a lot of the same beliefs. And I'll give you one example of that belief. They apply familism, meaning we know U.S. Hispanics are very family-oriented. It's really not about the individual. It's about the group. Multiculturals act the same way. And even though we're not blood-related, they see themselves as a family unit, whether it's because of where they work or where they went to school or where they grew up. Those key nuances are going to be helpful in helping marketers not only reach U.S. Hispanics during such an incredible event that happens every four years like the World Cup, but year-round. Great insights, Hugo, and, and <clears throat> thank you very much. Thanks again for joining. It was, it was a pleasure talking to you. Great to have your insights on World Cup, soccer, culture in general. And, and for all the listeners, thank you for listening. Uh, please come keep an eye out for our next report coming out in April, Think Now Mobile. We're going to be uh, diving into some of the reasons behind this this high, highly mobile, highly digitally engaged audience, um, including uh, usage of apps, time spent, and the types of content consumed. Um, for those of you who haven't downloaded the report, please visit thinknowresearch.com. Go to our download section. Uh, Hugo, for people that want to follow you on social media, I know you're active on Twitter. I'm a big follower and fan. How can people find you on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn? Hugo Balta. Add Hugo Balta for Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, I have a uh, a page on Facebook uh, called uh, Straight Talk in Media. So, uh, yes, please, please follow me. And I 
uh, always love to engage with like-minded folks and help in any way that I can. Thanks again, Hugo, and thanks everyone for listening.